0: Hey there, Chris Manning here with my co-host Evan Damrell on the Locked On Cavs podcast, your daily look at the Cleveland Cavaliers. On today's show for Friday, January fourteenth, twenty twenty-two, we are going to talk about Cam Reddish, a potential Cavs target now off the market, and the Cavs' two weekend games against San Antonio and against Oklahoma City, both on the road as Cleveland finishes up their road trip. Let's get into it. <laughs>
1: are locked on Cavs, your daily cleveland cavaliers podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: before we get into the business of today's show we want to thank you for making locked on Cavs your first listen every single day if you're if you are doing that. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms. That includes YouTube, where Evan and I are on the road to 1,000 subscribers. We're about 50 away, so go hit subscribe now. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or your podcast platform of choice, all you have to do is go down into the show notes and click the link. I put it in there for you and go subscribe right now. It takes like 10 seconds. Go do it. Again, on today's show, we are going to talk about the camera trade. He's going to the Knicks. We're going to talk about Caspers and Cavs Thunder. But Evan, what's up, buddy? How are you?
1: Uh, not too much man um i got judged for buying fake house plants but you know shout outs to Dungan Donuts, that's the superior chain coffee place um they're their uh girl scout flavors are back those girl scouts work with <laughs> easier around for us and these use coffee with their delicious thin mint mocha. Flavor they're not a sponsor you, this is just a personal you plug, you, you read this personal plug the like
0: they they like duncan dropped you the bag and like i respect the bit oh I dude if Dunkin'
1: donuts advice. if i was a dunkin donuts influencer i would be so happy i, I drink mean, the tr- coffee so much
0: truly all i think you want in life is for someone to like let you like inf- influence people on in social media and like hawk uh-huh. products that you i don't think you want to do anything else i like want to
1: walk- never Pay for groceries or food ever again because so many restaurants and companies sponsor me. You are the next most is my cat. Player. If I can get Base Paws and Science Diet to sponsor and Petco, I'm set. Okay, I'm, I'm done.
0: I'm done with this. Moving on, Kim Reddish. I, I was doing good, and then I I r- r- reminded that you just you're you're a corporate you're just a corporate like shill brought into the metaverse. So
1: listen, man. Um, man. capitalism is a corrupt system, but sometimes you got a ball in order to thrive. You know what I'm saying?
0: No, I don't know what that means. Anyway, Cam Reddish is going to the New York Knicks via a protected first via the Charlotte Hornets. Solomon Hill and a second run pick going on as well. This was a move that I don't think was. Let's just say I think Cam Reddish going was not a surprise. It was kind of rumored. There's some recent Travis Schlenk comments about this. Evan, I, I think like we can read here and say you can read what it, I, I don't think we can like pe- peg exactly like how and why this like you know, whether what was the price, which doesn't feel like a lot, but I can understand where like he's due a contract contention and stuff and all that stuff. Like I, the price is is what it is for Cam Reddish. Cavs, I think, had some interest. Don't know if they were like in love, in love with him, but certainly, you know, he's going to the next two that shots tell the people that got to do content about reuniting Zion with RJ and, and to today. But I, here, here's my kind of way I want to frame this. When when this, let's just say this kicks off the trade market as we understand it this year. And to some degree, right. Whether Atlanta to me seems out, if you read the tea leaves, it makes me think they're probably trying to make it on the move because they now have an open roster spot. Um, they got a first round pick back that they can kind of throw in there as well. Sham's reporting that, like, basically it's like Capella and Trey is are safe and, like, everyone else is kind of, like, up for grabs for, for the right price right now for Atlanta, who, again, as we talked about it on the yesterday's show, we're kind of behind the pack of the rest of the East. But if you look at this, does this change about how you would view the Cavs market from a Cleveland perspective and their ability to perhaps go out and, and get someone that, they, that they've that they been linked to and have had some interest in in the past? Well, it's obviously not going to be reddish, but let's say Karis LeVert, Buddy Healed, some other name out there that we want to talk about
1: yeah i think it shuffles the deck a a little bit um i'll be frank with you folks i had to look up the pick protections on this protected pick so it's a top 18 protected good it's gobble it's
0: it's a bunch of it yeah it's a bunch of like it's It's a bunch of
1: probably gonna convey to atlanta it's of no use to them right now they have an open roster spot so i feel like that pick's not gonna be at the hawks very long um i'm sure a lot of people are saying well why the hell didn't the Cavs try and do an offer like this so like maybe they throw in dylan windler who's probably on the same level as Kevin Knox, I'd say, and a pick with similar protections on it for Cam Reddish. Um, I don't think a lot of people have watched Cam Reddish this year. He's quite the experience. He's a bit of a polarizing player. Um, I don't think he really naturally fits Cleveland's ecosystem, especially because he is going to be extension eligible this offseason. And if you're the Cavs, do you want to make that primary investment in – a guy, when you have to pay Darius Garland, you're already pairing Jared Allen. You have to pay Isaac Okoro the next year. You might have to pay Colin Sexton as well. Do you want to commit that type of money to another young player that you, that still needs time to grow and flourish and develop? Because Woj well, put it best, Atlanta has a lot of wing players and writers could just never find a clear path to play for the Hawks. And this trade makes sense in a vacuum because you're sending him to New York where he'll get more playing opportunities in we will probably a fun pickup in fantasy. I, I may pick up Cam Radish after the show, actually in my own 11 league as John Favreau's the Zion league. Oh, and 12 at this point, I just give it up. I, th- I burned $20 folks, but
0: you took Kyrie and Zion just to flex from you, my guy.
1: Hey, listen, um, everyone thought Kyrie was going to play in New York for a hot second, but everyone forgot New York laws and legislation because the NBA is not that powerful, but either way, um, jokes aside, I think this just shuffles the deck for the Cavs. I think Karis Levert is probably the most realistic trade target anyway. I know people are mentioning Dennis Schroeder as well. I think with the JaVale McGee exception, Schroeder hardly playing for Boston right now, maybe the Cavs could finagle a trade where they use the McGee exception and absorb his contract, and maybe they <clears throat> part ways with, like, Dean Wade or Dylan Windler or somebody that's kind of towards the tail end of the rotation because I just don't think Lamar Stevens is really going to be, like, oh, they get, the Cavs are going to trade him immediately. I think they're going to lean on him a lot going forward, so they don't really want to give him up. But since the Cavs are locked into 15 roster spots, they have to sacrifice some bodies, so there might be some movement. But I really do think Karis LeVert, and I, I'm a fan still of the Eric Gordon trade. Timeline-wise, it doesn't make much sense, but Eric Gordon provides three-point shooting and a little bit more veteran experience for a young and impressionable locker room, which is always a plus in my book. So I think if I had to rank him, I'd go LeVert, Gordon, in just that order. And then I'm a fan of getting Dennis Schroeder because Rajon Rondo again is 35 has 16 years of experience under his belt. Um, he could be still a positive veteran presence, but it doesn't hurt to have extra playmaking and possibly shot creation coming off the bench as well.
0: Yeah. I, the Gordon thing is, I think it's about the price for me. Like I, you know, he's owed a bunch of money next year. I don't know if I want to give up a first to, to pay him a bunch of money.
1: I don't think you would have season. to give up a first. You could probably give up a second or two. I know that was the hypothetical Bobby Merckx floated, but I, yeah, I just, if, don't if, see if it. The, the,
0: yeah, the first, if is tricky. Um, and I'm, I'm just frankly more interested in Levert, at, at compared to a lot of the other options out there, but I, I, I'm just curious to see if this, then I, I think what is with left unknown here. And I think it's a good place to leave this discussion is just, wow. I am curious to see if this kickstarts the trade market at all, just because Atlanta seems like a team that is going to try to do something. Mm-hmm. And they, to me, they've been kind of like some Ben Simmons smoke. I think it'd be fascinating if they went down the Ben Simmons path, just from like a, how does that work perspective? They now have that open roster spot. The deadline isn't like tomorrow, but this, I mean, is this going to kick off uh, some trades, kind of get the, the, the rumor mill flying a little bit? And I, and again, I, I think the Cavs are a team they are going to play things very tight. We'll see who they're linked to. We'll see who they're not. We'll see how that kind of bears out ultimately when we kind of get to the, the post-mortem and get to break all that down. But I will be very fascinated to see if this is just one trade and then we'll get a flurry closer to the deadline or, you know, no flurry at all. Or if this is just kind of, or if, or if this is like the, the first like line of defense kind of breaking down as we kind of get into closer, closer trade season.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I was just going to add real quick before we had to break. NBA insider Jake Fisher did note that he thinks the Cavs might be a little more quiet than people were hoping leading up to the trade deadline. He thinks they're going to try and offload Ricky Rubio's expiring contract and use that 2022 first-round pick of theirs because let's be realistic, folks. It's going to be in the late teens, early 20s, when the Cavs probably end up picking this year. And I am still a proponent of the fact that you need to stop bringing in so many young like Talented, like, yes, still bring in young talent to develop, but like, investing on a known commodity to help your team immediately and possibly in the future is probably a smarter move long term for this Cavs team because they haven't established big three. But I just don't think we're going to see like a huge blockbuster move. Like, I don't, like, I know the Cavs, I heard it a zillion times. I'm sure you have too. Like, the Cavs. Have been interested in Ben Simmons. I think every team would be remiss of every team not to be interested in Ben Simmons, but I just don't see the Cavs making a splash. And I'm intrigued by that Atlanta fit too. More intrigued by the fact on how the heck John Collins and Joe. Uh, you, you, you,
0: you, you, yeah, yeah, you would think. And what happens with Tobias Harris in that situation as well?
1: I think you'd have to make a three-teamer because I believe the reports that Maury is trying to package Simmons and Harris together just to get both of those contracts off so that they can go James Harden hunting in the summer.
0: Yeah, well, it's going to be a fascinating lead-up. I'm excited for all of the leaks, and um, me too. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. But all right, after the break, we're going to get into the first of Cavs two weekend games. That's going to be Cavs Spurs. That's Friday night and the second to last game of the road trip. But Evan, you're first going to tell everyone about our friends at Bet Online.
1: Absolutely, Bet Online would like to wish you, yes, you, a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts.
0: Evan, we're back. Um, let me ask you this. Cavs, Spurs, on paper, do you find this to be a competitive game? Do you find yeah. this to be a interesting game? What, what do you make of it as we kind of analyze it on paper?
1: I think it's all of those things. Uh, the Spurs aren't great record-wise, but I think they are a scrappy team, if that makes sense. Like, they're... They're a team that will not lay down and go quietly against the Cavs. I think DeJounte Murray just rules. Um, Derek White being out is kind of a bummer if he's still out for the Spurs. He was last I checked. But um, I think this is a fun Spurs team. I think this is a team the Cavs should beat. I think this is a game where like Jv Bickerstaff, if you asked him, he'd use the coaching cliche and say he's taking care of business right now um, and not working overtime. But – I think the Spurs have like such so many talented young guards on the roster. They've lost four in a row to Philly, Brooklyn, New York, and Houston. They play Cleveland, like you mentioned on Friday night, but they have like a lot of fun young pieces. Uh, but like, yeah, like I said, DeJounte Murray's really cool. Um, Lonnie Walker, I think is neat, even though he's not really like a part of the long-term plans in San Antonio. Uh, your guy, Jakob Purtle is doing some things for the Spurs as well. And like, they they have some interesting pieces. I just still think they're a little bit away in like in the midst of a retooling slash rebuild. And I'm honestly impressed that Popovich is going to probably see it out for another year or two.
0: Yeah. Just to look, keeping some things in mind for people as you want to understand this team that maybe haven't watched this year. um, This is as of one thirteen as when we're recording this. So things could have changed. I don't think they play on Thursday.
1: They do not. They
0: do not. So they're off just some of these things could change if other teams change, but they're relatively, this is where they are. 12th in the West in terms of record, 20th overall in the league in net rating, 19th in offense, 21st in defense. According to Clean of the Glass, they are 29th in expected win total. Basically, they are playing much worse than their numbers would indicate to think that they are. Um, Over the last two weeks, they are minus 11.4 per 100 possessions in net rating. That's 29th over that two-week stretch, and there's a reason for that, obviously. They have Keldon Johnson, Doug McDermott, Devin Vassell, and Derek White, among some other guys, but those are the main guys in the league's health and safety protocols. That is a big chunk of their roster, and that's an issue. They are also 30th in three-point rate and 18th in rim frequency. They are also first, second, excuse me, in mid-range shooting overall, with almost 40% of their shots Coming in the mid range to kind of compare this to to what people might expect if you're watching the Cavs night in and then on out, Cleveland is actually 18th in and just below the league average of 30.8 percent of their shots in the mid range. Uh, their Cavs take 29.5 percent of their shots in the middle of the floor. So San Antonio has this kind of like old school thing; they don't take a ton of threes. The guy that I am, I think I have the most fun watching on the team is Dejounte Murray. I think he's having like it's a really so interesting good. year. Is really, really good. I think should be kind of maybe not going to make the actual All-Star team, but should be in the running for that. Really long, really skilled, having kind of a real interesting breakout year. Big Jakob hurdle guy, as you alluded to. Like, I, I am curious to see, you know, if, they, like, on paper, Evan, I look at this. This is a mm-hmm. team that I think stylistically the Cavs should do okay against. And I think secondarily, and I think perhaps like if you're JB Bickerstaff kind of mapping out this game. This team is missing a ton of its best players. It's playing thin. It's going to be a well-coached. This is a Popovich team, and everything, but they're missing a ton of key guys because they're in the health and safety protocols. This is a game that, yeah, you have you've headed they off. I understand, you know, maybe still Darius is not one hundred percent. All that stuff. This is a game on paper. You look at, and I think you got to say okay. This, this is a game we should go in and and try to win just because this is the team not at full strength. And we kind of have to be the team at the stage that takes advantage of some of this stuff. I think that's, that's gotta be something Cleveland does here.
1: Yeah. And the other thing is they play Oklahoma city the following night and Oklahoma city again is not a great team record wise statistic. Like they have a lot of young pieces that are still growing, but they're annoying. They're scrappy a lot. Like the Spurs are, uh it's a good point where you said that a, a lot of their key pieces are out doing the health and safety protocols last night when the Spurs played the Rockets, Derek White and Devin Vassell were questionable. So they could be back against Cleveland, which could kind of bolster things for the Spurs a little bit, but I don't think it's gonna do much. But like you said, I think this is a game where the Cavs just go in, take care of business, hopefully wrap things up earlier so they can rest up a little bit, because the Thunder are gonna be annoying. And the Thunder are off on Friday leading into Saturday. So they get a day of rest so the Cavs don't get that benefit.
0: Yeah. Um should also note that the Cavs are now five and five on their last 10. I I, mean, I, I think it's just interesting just to think about this kind of game too for me. Like, and I think this whole weekend slate, and we'll talk about the, the thunder after the break, but I think you look at this kind of slate. These are games that like, I think if I, I was putting myself in like a fan shoes and like kind of thinking about the season, I kind of just think like this is the kind of one of the the fringe benefits of like, I think for us covering a team, because like I think there's years in the past where we would have looked at a game like this and been like, okay, this season already is kind of like off the rails a little bit. Like, you know, it'd be hard. There's some games, frankly, like the last couple of years you look at them and say, I don't know what I'm going to learn from this. Like I don't, and if you're a coaching staff, you talk to coaches about it. Like there's some games that are just like, I, we have to throw this out to some degree because it was just so weird. This isn't quite there on the cab side of things, but like, this is just a game that like just because even though this isn't a full swing Spurs team, even though this isn't like necessarily like the kind of high profile matchup, it might have been like when, you know, there's that game in San Antonio where Kyrie just like went off and that was kind of like the the last end of that Spurs kind of that that version of the Spurs, at least. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is like a game that has a little just more weight to it just because like the Cavs are a team that the, the rest of the year are fighting for playoff positioning. That's just where they're at
1: no they absolutely are um and this is like a game like utah this is a game where they the cash go in and just kind of take care of business because this is a win if the Cavs do win that'll matter a lot down the line too where the Cavs just kind of need to win these games against not lesser opponents but opponents that are banged up or maybe dealing with their own COVID issues and just look forward to the next one which is oklahoma city and then you take care of maybe these two if you go four and one on this road trip that's a huge success for the Cavs I thought this was going to be like one of the most brutal stretches for this cast team to start the season and then you play Brooklyn on Monday and Kyrie Irving will probably play because he's a part-time player on away games and that'll be interesting too but you can't like think that too far down the line you just got to focus on who you're playing on Friday which is the Spurs and yeah that's just kind of where I'm at and, and other good news the Spurs are wearing the Fiesta jerseys Friday night. It's a big win for all of us.
0: Got where where do the Spurs like weird colors kind of rank on your like when they have the black with like the the orange and the the pink and that light blue? Where do they rank on your like weird alternate jersey rankings?
1: Oh, weird. I think they're kind of ch- they're like the Cavs nineties jerseys. They're charming. I okay, I, agree. I agree. I I don't think you can make that your permanent look. The only team I think could like pull it off as their permanent look as if the heat adopted the vice color scheme is like their permanent look. Like I think that that's just such a clean look and they really like got that branding down. But like, I think there's something charming about them like fully leaning into the Fiesta colors after this is being something that they've the fans at least have worn for so long and they've done it two years in a row.
0: Uh, just as a note, the Cavs are um It looks like they are two and a half point favorite. They're they're minus two and a half um, against the Spurs on the road here. So let's keep that in in mind. It's not insignificant that they're there's like a it's a it's a push in terms of minus one ten for both sides. Over under for the game in terms of points is two twenty four according to our friends at Bet Online. But the Cavs. Flight favorites. That's kind of interesting considering the whole team gets above. Okay. After the, I'm also
1: one last thing. If Rondo is available, I wonder how he's handled because of his hamstring issue.
0: Play him 10 minutes. No, indeed. Play him 10 minutes. Don't play him Saturday. That's kind of, I would honestly play the long game here if I'm, but that that, I am also just like, this is a marathon on a sprint, and the Cavs are sort of just like, ah. We're going to play Evan Mobley, like, 36 minutes. Like, it's a small For thing that we can talk about.
1: 48 <laughs> minutes the other night. Dude,
0: don't, don't tempt JB with that. He might do it. But No, he um, did
1: it the other night.
0: I But I just mean, like, as, like, a, like I made, like, I think a joke at the beginning. There was, like, JB, like, might play Evan Mobley as, like, his Jimmy Butler to hit, to, to his Tibbs. And, like, that's... Oh, God. The fact that he was, like, in the game last, like, last against the Jazz, like, late in the game. And I understand there was, like, some subbing stuff. But, like, I didn't know why he was in the game with three minutes to go. This game was done... Like, just just, get him, the third. just just get him out of the freaking game, man. It's not worth it. All right, so after the break. What
1: you're telling me is, I'll, I'll say after the break. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, after the break, we're going to get into Kev's Thunder um, and whatever Evan's point is going to be. But first, we got to tell everyone about our friends at Built Bar, who, as you know, is the best-tasting protein bar in the whole freaking world. They have so many great flavors, including Evan's favorite cookies and cream, minced mm-hmm. brownie. They just brought back white chocolate raspberry, which is an absolute banger all most bill bars have 130 calories which is four grams of sugar four grams of net carbs and 17 grams of protein compare that to a candy bar which usually has 240 calories 30 grams of sugar and dozens of net carbs bill bars can be the protein bar that aren't chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill they are the best tasting protein bar it's like a candy bar that's just got some good protein and some good numbers on it. So go to built.com use the promo code lock 15 and get 15% off your order. That is any order even are a repeat customer. So use the promo code lock 15 for 15% off at built.com. Check out that cookies and cream, check out that mix box if you want to try all of them in one go. Okay. Evan, what's that point you wanted to make before we went into the break there?
1: So since Evan Mobley is so advanced and so ahead of schedule, when is he going to gather up Kevin Pangos, and a few others and just challenge the calf starters to a game and just absolutely annihilate them. Uh, he called things him. Have- he called him the Jimmy. His Jimmy Butler.
0: Yeah, but like that. But that that means. But that the, the world that it happens. In, it means Jimmy but the Evan Mobley thinks everyone around him is a fraud. And I don't think we're there. And like he, he's then got like Evan
1: summon- has to speak more than like three words. Yeah. In a or
0: then and then he has to like summon like an ESPN personality. By the way, there is like it. I I it was right around when he had to go on the COVID list. But Zach Lowe did say that he was supposed to have Evan Mobley on his podcast. And I was fascinated by that just to see if Evan Mobley would say more words than Zach Lowe.
1: The, the, the shortest low post in yeah, history. Yeah, exactly.
0: Lowe Just like drag, excruciatingly dragging things out of Evan Mobley. Um, would have been interesting just for fun. But okay, some key Thunder stats, Evan, as of this Thursday, before we get into that game on Saturday. The Thunder are 14th in the West. They are 27th in the league in net rating, 29th in offense. 18th in defense, according to Clean the Glass, they are second in the league in terms of outperforming their expected win total based on what their net rating is. Basically, this means they're playing much better in terms of getting wins than their numbers would indicate you'd think they should be. The thing that is interesting, and I think what makes this a good style matchup for the Cavs, is they are 28th in three point frequency and they take the second most shots in the league at the rim. They are ninth in accuracy at the rim, which is good, according to Clean the Glass. But if you're thinking about playing the Cavs, if you're thinking about the one area of the floor where the Cavs have two dudes who are really long bothering you, it's having Evan Mobley and Jared Allen protecting the rim. I This just feels like stylistically the, the kind of thing the Cavs will be comfortable with dealing with that amount of rim pressure. And just kind of thinking about this cognizantly going into this game, that's going to be the thing I want to watch. I want to see how the Cavs handle um, a team with – Shea and Dort and Giddy, assuming all of them play just kind of going at the rim and putting pressure on, on Mobley and Allen inside.
1: Yeah. I'm interested about that. I'm also interested to see how Oklahoma city kind of defends Garland, uh, Rondo, if he's available, if he does play who knows yet. And especially Lamar Stevens, because Lamar Stevens really took advantage of Utah's lack of size on the perimeter. And the fact that Utah's perimeter defense is so weak, but like Shea Dort and Giddy is just length on length on length. And I think it's don't, going to be really don't. hard for Lamar Stevens to penetrate. That. And it's also going to probably frustrate Darius Garland a little bit too. So I'm interested to see how the Thunder play the Cavs as well. I think um, Jeremiah Robinson Earl's not bad. I think Derek Favors is just an interesting veteran pickup for them. Uh, no Poku probably going to be in this one because he's on a sign with the Oklahoma City Blue, unfortunately, which is just a loss for all of us. But
0: uh, this Thunder though? team, is
1: like you though? said, is – Listen, he's like just an anomaly. He's like, look, watching Taco Fall play in person. You're just like, how does a person this big function semi-fluidly and look like they're comfortable enough to play a game where you need a lot of hand-eye coordination? That's just where I'm at. Where like, I like to look at Poku and go, interesting. I don't think he's going to be as great as some of the, like, really deep dive NBA draft folks, but, but he's interesting at least. I don't know, but yeah. Uh, this is another game where the Cavs just come in, and take care of business, not playing under their opponent because the Thunder record-wise aren't great. But like you said, they are playing above expectations at such a high level that they could catch the Cavs off guard, especially on the second of a back-to-back.
0: Notably, uh, the Cavs, Evan, <sighs> do you, do you, what what do you think the Cavs are in terms of defending the rim? I forgot to look this up before the show. This is why I'm coming back to it. But what do you what what rank in the league do you think the Cavs are in terms of protecting the rim?
1: Um do,
0: hmm. do
1: do 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 do,
0: do, Stop it. do, do, do. Out. you got to guess cuz either that or you're looking it up 10th first
1: oh well, teams I I would, against the i always expect i always go low and am surprised by the high result
0: teams are shooting 59 57.9% um against the Cavs at the rim. The league average at the rim that uh in terms of four shots the basket is sixty four point four percent. The Cavs are like smashing uh that league average right now. They're the only team allowing sixty percent uh with team shooting under sixty percent against them at the rim. So that's notable. This is gonna be strength meet strength. Um the the only like kind of weird side bummer of this game to me is Evan like this is like peak basketball twitter hipsters like i'm not saying anything original ken rich williams is in health and safety protocols and he would be a guy that if the Cavs were, like, were able to nab him via the the trade exception and or like for like a some kind of like asset swap with okc or whatever it is ken rich mm-hmm. williams is like a good nba player on like a bargain bin of a contract and would like provide some needed wing depth he would help every team out there if the contender could go get him but he's um as of right now i still believe in the health and safety protocol so we'll not be able to see Kenrich Williams play and for for people to get the, the glimpse of of him because he's good and I'm I'm a fan. There's a lot of guys I know Casey quite like. I'm a big Dort guy, yeah. big SGA guy. I yeah. think the point you made about Lamar is particularly of note just because like if Dort's defending him, he cannot like put his shoulder down and get that mid range jump shot off of the elbow like he could against Dort like Mike Conley. Mike Lou Dort has just like. It's just jacked. He's jacked and it rocks.
1: He's sturdier than a brick house. That Lou door. Like I'm looking at pictures of him now. His shoulders are just incredible.
0: Huge. Just huge. Huge. Absolute huge. Um, Evan,
1: absolute beefcake.
0: Let me ask you this. If you're, if we're wrapping up this road trip here, Cavs are three and one on it right now. As we're recording. Oh, this. I forgot
1: he wore thunder 35 for the thunder for a hot second. Then switched to five. Yeah. Go ahead.
0: Um, the calves at worst are going to finish 500 on this road trip. What, what did signify anything to you if they, you know, that, I think that signifies something in itself, but about them and the teams they've played, but does it say anything to you if they're able to finish five and one on this road trip, or at least go four and two, as we kind of wrap this up?
1: No, they go four and one, wouldn't they?
0: No, they're th- aren't they three and one right now?
1: No, they beat Sacramento. They beat Portland. They lost to Golden State. Am so. I forgetting you? then they play San Antonio and Oklahoma City and then they come home to play Brooklyn. So yeah, I think we'll they are four. I You're think okay.
0: I just I hallucinated the game. That's what it is now. This is where we're at in 2022.
1: It's it's hard out there for the number 1 podcast host.
0: Um True. my yacht. But so okay, 40 so
1: either way, 4 and 1, yeah, I would be impressed at that. I think it's certainly obtainable for the Cavs. I think I've been more so just watching how this team is responding after, like, they really got punched in the mouth by Golden State. Like, that was probably one of their worst losses they've had in a while, where, like, they just flat out just looked bad at points. And, like, they remained competitive, but, like, it didn't really feel like Golden State was going to lose grasp of that game. But I think it's testament to maybe how this team responds to adversity. Um, they're dealing with no rage on Ronda right now. Um, Darius Garland is kind of iffy with his back. If I had it my way, I'd say shut him down, not play him. Like maybe play Rondo in one game, shut him down, and then play Garland in the other one just to give them both some type of rest if they're both available. But alas, I think this Cavs team is playing well. I still think they're playing just above my expectations. Um, but I just kind of come to become accustomed to them playing lesser, not lesser opponents, but teams that they should be, they do. And that's just a new thing for me because I'm not used to the Cavs doing that. They usually play down to their opponents. So I think they'll go four and one, five and one, if I'm miscounting in my head too. No, but, see, uh,
0: I I was re- just, I was gonna I was gonna come back to that, but I was right. So they beat Portland, lost to the Warriors, beat the Kings, beat the Jazz. It's three and one. I two games know, left.
1: I guess I can't do so math. That, that, so that freaking accurate education,
0: education over there, just unbelievable. You teamer, what, but you, know, you went to school for something math related, and you can't count. Shouts to you, my guy.
1: Bro, I have so many textbooks that I look at, and I'm like, I don't remember nothing. I retained no information from that class whatsoever. Anyway. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I, I would consider it a success, and then I think like maybe this is a good momentum builder because you have to go play Brooklyn on Monday, and like that's going to probably be a tough game to get up for because James Harden was cooking DeMar DeRozan last night, and the Nets really beat the crap out of the bulls. You're like one of the best teams in the league so far. Yeah. So I'm intrigued to see how Cleveland handles the nets on Monday.
0: Yeah. So to tease you to uh, what's coming up, we want to thank you for making Lock and have your first listen every day. So on Monday, uh, we're going to recap the weekend. We're going to look ahead more in detail to that Cavs nets game, which Evan, if I'm not mistaken, is the first game Kyrie Irving will have played in front of Cavs fans since, he got because he played he played last year.
1: Yeah, you're right. But there he's was no fans. fans.
0: And so I don't think he's played in front of a Cavs crowd since the time the first time he came back when Gordon Hayward broke his leg.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. Um I hopefully Cavs fans handle it with some maturity and act like they've been here before, but they probably won't. But um yeah, it's what it is. I hope the Cavs give Kyrie a little bit of a video tribute. I mean, shit, they almost gave one to Tristan Thompson when he came back with Sacramento. Might as well just give one to Kyrie too.
0: I, I would give trip views to everyone. That's just me, though. But just as a note, uh, because of some work travel from next week, I will be on a plane uh, during this game. I will be somewhere between Dulles and, and Florida. So see what happens. See if I make it. But uh, Mac Robinson from 93 is going to be filling in for me, helping Evan recap that game. Lord knows if Evan will keep the ships on time if he can do his best Raychon Rondo impersonation. But we'll we we'll, I'm banking on Mac kind of random him in there. Um and but everything else throughout the week should be okay. I think every like the plan is I'm going to record while I'm in Florida. If things are goofy, we'll get someone to slide in to hang out with Evan. But the plan will still be five shows. I'm just uh, it may sound a little bit different. Just giving you a forewarning now because I, and it looked different in the background and stuff because I will be in a in a hotel and and not in, in my in my home. So at
1: least he won't be down. calling with Haley O'Shaughnessy in his car again, folks. So it's a little bit.
0: You, you're making a joke three years ago. And then I one then recorded a podcast outside where my phone was so hot that like it was like scalding. So, you know, what? I, I, know, I, and
1: I appreciate you for that. And I told you get inside and get some water immediately after we finished.
0: I did and needed it. But uh, if you want a great second, listen, I'm going to just go off script here. Go check out Locked on Hawks. Brad Roland is the man. He's done more episodes this week. Like He's done like six episodes now because he did a Cam Reddish emergency episode. So go listen to him. Go listen to Lockdown Hawks. Check out his analysis of that trade. Check out Lockdown Knicks if you want Thursday. But Brad's great. Go listen to that wherever you're listening to Lockdown Cavs right now. And remember, please go subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, everyone have a great weekend. Be well. We'll talk to you on Monday.